Hey Disney family, it's Jessica with Well Hello Disney. Thank you so much for joining me again on another podcast. Today is going to be a super interesting topic. It's one that I've talked to with a bunch of friends this week. So I thought maybe I should turn it into podcast form because I think a lot of people would benefit from it. So as most of you know, I'm a child of immigrants. I grew up traveling. I spent my summers in England. I take my kids to other places outside of Disney. Um, Having a Disney Instagram allows me to just focus on Disney and then I can really vacation at other locations with my kids. Um, But it's interesting. Disney is so different compared to any other place that we take our kids And it's not just different for me, but it's different for, I feel like, everyone who goes there. And I feel like those differences is what makes it such a stressful vacation. As I'm talking to you right now, I'm actually planning my next Disney vacation for my family. So it doesn't matter how many times that you've been to Walt Disney World, you still have to have a general plan or idea of why you're going because it's such an expensive experience that you want to maximize your time there and you don't want to waste it kind of walking around not knowing what to do. So even with all of our experience, I'm sitting here going, okay, what am I going to book at my 60 day window? What resorts are going to be better to stay at this time? Are we staying on property or off property? What transportation are we using to get there? Should we save money and drive? Should we save time and fly? And those are all the negotiations I still have to do after all of this time and all of these years of going to Walt Disney World. So today I am going to go over what I think are the four reasons why Walt Disney World can feel so overwhelming and why we just can't wrap our minds around slowing the pace while we're there. I know on my social media accounts and my blog, my main focus is to kind of tamper down the average Walt Disney World traveler so that way they can create a trip that their family will truly enjoy. I also want to make sure they have all the resources that they need. Like I had told some of my um, people in the Wahlo Disney family, I'd run into a client who had told me that they had spent $23,000 on a Disney vacation taking their kids and grandkids and it was the worst vacation they'd ever been on. And this client is from my day job, you know, the the real job <laughs> that pays my bills. And I asked him, I go, oh, you didn't tell me you're going to Disney. You know, I blog about Disney. And he was like, well, it was terrible. He was like, we tried to use that genie thing, and we only got on two rides a day. We didn't know we needed dining reservations. We didn't know where to go. We ended up walking to Swan and Dolphin from our resort at Beach Club. And I'm just thinking to myself, all you needed, one, was a travel agent. And I wish he would have just even mentioned that he was going to Disney or doing anything, because then I would have, you know told them everything I knew about Disney and helped them out. But too many people go to Disney and spend that kind of money and they aren't prepared for Walt Disney World. So I want to start by saying Walt Disney World is 43 square miles. That is the size of San Francisco and twice the size of Manhattan. It has over 26 resorts on property. There's the four main parks, the two water parks, and then Disney Springs, which has like 99 shops and then um, 25 different attractions there. So there is a lot of stuff at Walt Disney World. 
And so to go to Walt Disney World without having a travel agent, without doing research, you're setting yourself up for disaster, and it will be the worst vacation you've probably ever been on. So let's talk about the planning. Walt Disney World is different in planning because it falls under the amusement park trap. People consider Walt Disney World an amusement park. What do you do when you go to typical amusement parks? You usually show up. You figure out what rides you want to ride when you get there. You get on a couple of rides and you're fine with the day. You don't have this overwhelming sense of like, oh, I didn't accomplish a lot or get to do a lot because you really just focused on the rides and that's all you did. But Walt Disney World is different. Walt Disney World is more than just rides. There's a lot of entertainment. There's character meet and greets. There's specialty things like Bippity Bobbity Boutique. And then there's character dining experiences. You can't really compare Walt Disney World to any kind of amusement park because it's so entirely different. Even Universal, which I love Universal, still is a little bit different than Walt Disney World. You still have to plan with Universal, yes, but not to the level of detail with Disney. And that's just because Magic Kingdom is the most visited park in the world. It still is holding the number one spot for most visited park in the world. You have 57,000 people on average that are visiting every day. It sells out a lot of days. That's why I don't think that park reservation system is going anywhere because people will know ahead of time that it's sold out. So it falls under this amusement park trap, but it's not a typical amusement park. You really have to have kind of an outline or a general plan of what you want to do. Now, I'm not a believer of those multicolored spreadsheets that are planned to the minute because I don't think that works, especially via families with young children. I'm a mom of four that has kids that are 11 and under, and having an itinerary that's that detailed would never work. We would start having tantrums. People will change their minds, and I wouldn't be flexible. But I believe in general outlines of realistic Disney days. So that way you're like, okay, this is plan A. And then if that doesn't work, we move to plan B. We make sure that we have some kind of rest in the day. Make sure everyone is adequately hydrated and fed and taken care of. So then that way we don't have the meltdowns. So I don't feel like Disney is the same as amusement parks, but people go in thinking, oh, this is just a bigger and better amusement park. The second thing that is different with Disney is that it's made really for children. Yes, it's there for adults to enjoy, and there's a lot of adult parts, but Walt Disney World really created it for his daughters. So it's made for children, but it's literally the most overstimulating place on earth. All day, every day, that you're at the parks, it is smell, sight, sound, constant the entire time that you are at this park. You are constantly, every single sense is like being put to the max at this park. Everything's at 100. So of course, if you don't take breaks from that super overstimulating park, and if you're just like, go, 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 you're going to have meltdowns, but this is a park for children. So a lot of times there's a lot of kids or families that are planning. I know most people who follow me are either Disney adults who love Disney and want the Disney content, 
or their families planning on going to Walt Disney World or their families that have been to Walt Disney World and now they want to figure out ways to keep magic at home. That is my target audience, those three categories of people. And then, of course, there's some people that are just there for the giveaways, too. But if you were going to Walt Disney World, you're hitting all of your senses and you have children with you and they don't know how to necessarily regulate that. So they're getting overstimulated. Then you're getting out of your routine because you're trying to maximize your dollar while you're there and make sure you do everything. So you're getting overstimulated and then everyone's overstimulated and freaking out and getting mad at each other and throwing tantrums and we're not getting on enough rides. And what are we doing? Our plan is not working. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, we should have listened to Jessica and taken that rest day. So that is the biggest issue I feel like with Disney. It's made for children and it's super overstimulating and it really needs balance. But because of that amusement park trap, people don't necessarily give it the balance that it needs. They think I'm just going to go hard for these five days and then I'm going to go home. And that ruins your Disney vacation. Now, let me back up. You can plan the trip that you want. And sometimes being go, go, go is really fun. But especially if this is a once in a lifetime or you only go every few years with your kids, I don't know if that's necessarily how you want to maximize it, especially when they're little. You know, I always talk about like using strategies and Genie Plus and all of these things with kids. But I know the trip will change when they're teenagers, when they can wait in lines and it's not that big of a deal and you're having conversations with them. But my two-year-old does not want to wait in an hour line, so we're not going to wait in an hour line. I'm going to use Genie Plus. She's already going to be super overstimulated and I don't want to add to that stress by now waiting an hour to get on the Little Mermaid. So it's really important to realize that it's not necessarily your fault, the kid's fault, your partner's fault. If you're kind of like everyone starts kind of like freaking out and acting hangry because you're being hit by all of your senses all day long. You know, you're probably dehydrated, which is why I always recommend electrolyte packs. You're probably not snacking enough because you are walking six to eight miles on average each day. And then if your trip is not well planned out, you're adding stress to yourself in a stressful situation. So this park that's all of a sudden made for children has now stressed you out, made you overstimulated, you're hangry and dehydrated, which is a recipe for disaster, which are all tips I make sure I cover in all of my content to make sure you have the most enjoyable time because you have to meet your basic needs if you're going to be at the parks. So of course we have to talk about the biggest thing when it comes to Walt Disney World and that's the expense. There are ways to do Disney cheaper. We do Disney cheap because we have military discounts. We are Disney Vacation Club. We use gift cards. Um, we do use some like point stuff uh, if we're staying off property, especially with Hilton's. We try to find the ways to maximize our dollar. We don't really buy souvenirs anymore. But for the average family going, they're going to use and buy all those things. So there are ways to make it cheaper by points hacking and all of that stuff. 
but that also takes work and pre-planning. It's not like you can be like, oh, let's go to Disney next month and let me see how many miles I have and maybe I can convert it to this and use my Capital One venture. It's not that simple. You actually have to plan ahead of time if you plan on doing some kind of point hacking. So most people just save up, go on a Disney vacation, and it's expensive. Tickets are expensive. The rooms are expensive. Even if you stay off property, it's expensive because then you're like, okay, the cost of time with taking that hotel shuttle, it only runs three times a day. Those are my only options. Okay, I can't come back for a mid-park break, so I'm going to have to take a break at the park. It's going to be, you know, a 12-hour day by the time we're done at the parks, and then we're going to get up and do it the next day. So... It is an expensive trip, whether you think about it in terms of time, money, or just convenience of like staying on property versus staying off property. It is expensive. And so for a lot of people, they believe that that expense should purchase ease. And it doesn't do that at Disney. If I go to Costa Rica or Mexico and I'm spending $10,000 on a vacation because I'm staying at the best hotel in Cancun or the best hotel in Key West, or the best hotel in California, that a lot of times buys convenience and ease. You know, they have different excursions that you can do that you can just talk to the hotel about. The hotel will tell you where to get an Uber. There's just a lot of things that are easier when you spend a lot of money on a vacation. You know, $10,000 will get you an all-inclusive hotel in Turks and Caicos where you don't have to worry about any of your food or drinks or anything. And then there's the beach and there's kayaking there and um, you have everything at your resort. Walt Disney World does not afford you that same luxury. Spending a lot of money and not having a plan is just a lot of money wasted. So the expense of this trip makes it difficult because it's frustrating to spend so much money and not have ease the way you think you should, because if you spent that money doing something else, it would be a lot easier for you. So that's a trap that people fall in with Walt Disney World. Just because you stay at the Grand Floridian, which is a monorail resort, doesn't mean your day at Magic Kingdom is easier than my day staying at the Embassy Suites that's five miles away from Walt Disney World. My day staying at at Embassy Suites may be easier than yours because I did all the research and I know how to stack my Genie Plus Lightning Lanes. I'm using things like Standby Skipper. I'm on touring plans looking at wait times that are different than, you know, the Disney posted ones because I have all those tools. While you're sitting at, you know, the nicest hotel at Disney and your day is shot because you didn't even know how to book a ride with Genie Plus. So the last topic that I feel like gets missed the most with a Disney vacation is what I call the Disney second shift. Unlike other vacations, because they don't fall into that amusement park trap, you're planning your days and you're like, okay, today we're going to do this excursion and then we're going to make this day a beach day and then maybe we can ride bikes on the boardwalk this day and then we'll have dinner at the hotel that night and then relax on the beach or whatever. It's like we're rational with every vacation other than Disney. We go to Disney and we're like, we're going to ride 16 rides today, have three dining experiences and meet five characters. 
that is so unrealistic, you know, and you would never plan that if you were going on any other vacation. You're not going to jam pack it the same way. You know, you're also not always walking six to eight miles or more on every other vacation every single day. So I don't understand why we necessarily do that with Disney. But so imagine you've had your jam-packed, we rode every ride in Disney day, and then you get back to the resort, the kids are passed out. So you're like wiping them down, changing them into pajamas, putting them in bed. Now it is 1230. And guess what? You have the Disney second shift because your plan was to be at the park bright and early the next day. So now you're repacking your park bag with supplies. You're making sure everything is charging. Phones are charging. Extended battery packs are charging. In the summer to survive the heat, that means you have neck fans, handheld fans. You need to take out all the stuff from the stroller, repack the stuff you need for the stroller, refill water bottles. You're doing all of the stuff after all the kids are down in what I call the Disney second shift. And you are like, wait, this is supposed to be a vacation, but it's not a vacation. Because, in fact, you're working more on your Disney trip because you want your days at the park to go smoothly. So you're having to prep at night for your Disney park the next day, which is why it's your Disney second shift. Because you've already done Disney stuff all day long, and now you're exhausted and you're ready for bed. But instead of going to bed, you're sitting there having to repack and get everything ready for the next early morning, which is why I always say two park days, rest day, two park days, rest day, because at the end of that second rest, t- second park day, you're going to be exhausted. You're going to be exhausted. You need a late start the next day or you need a rest day. And it's hard to do late starts because you might start thinking about all that money you spent on those park tickets for the six of your family members to go to the park. So you, in your head, you're like, I really want to maximize this day because just getting to the park cost us $800. Well, if you're doing that every single day, you're going to burn out and someone's going to get sick. Someone is going to lose their mind, throw a fit. I had one friend tell me, she's like, someone always gets sick on our Disney vacations. I don't understand it. And I was like, well, do you take a rest day? And they're like, no. And I was like, okay, do you take midday breaks? And they're like, well, not really. And I'm like, you're literally going at 100 every single day. I was like, do you take electrolyte powders? Do you take your vitamins while you're there? Are you doing anything to boost your immunity while you're at Walt Disney World? And they're like, no. Well, of course someone's going to get sick. If you're doing that for five days, you're going to burn out. This isn't like a normal vacation where you're like laying around and enjoying, you know, the sights. You're on your feet and moving constantly. I always say your feet will be on fire by the end of the trip. It doesn't matter if you're a marathon runner. If you go on a full Disney World trip where you're going to parks, riding rides, your feet will be on fire by day four because it is non-stop walking and movement. So you have this full day and then you come back and you do the second shift and then someone's got to book Genie Plus at 7 a.m. Thank you, Disney. (laughs) I always say, you know what? I love Genie Plus. I love it. I think it's a great system. I think it will work in the end. If they would just let us book at least two rides before we got there, kind of like the old fast pass system, 
I think everyone would be happy because just knowing that two rides are booked and then it's almost a choice if you want to get up at that 7 a.m. to get that third ride, it would alleviate a lot of stress. But, you know, if Bob Iger is ever listening to my podcast or whoever is in charge, you know, maybe take that suggestion from me. It would really reduce a lot of stress for a lot of families. But that Disney second shift is no joke and it's a lot of work. And um, it's something that we don't really plan ahead for. And then in the morning when you're getting everyone ready, you've put water bottles in the fridge, cooling towels in the freezer, snacks are on the table, diaper bag is repacked, park bag is repacked, get the kids ponchos, crocs, pins so they can trade at the park. And now in your head, you're trying to run through this mental list of all of the stuff. I have an actual printed list that I put on the door so I can just check it off as I go and I know we have everything, but it's a lot. It's a lot of work because you need that stuff to enjoy the park day. I can't imagine going to Disney in August and not having poncho, Crocs, fans, and water bottles ready to go. There's no way you can survive today. Every single time we go to Disney during the summer, which I always say it's the worst time to go, but we go every year during the summer. I think it's that thing of wanting to squeeze in one more trip. And when we have the DVC points to do it, we're like, let's just go. Let's do it. But it never fails. Someone always makes a comment to my family of, wow, y'all are prepared or wow, you guys have everything you need. How do you know you needed all that stuff? And I just am like, well, we come to Disney regularly and it's Florida in summer. So it's steaming hot, but it rains every day. So we are always prepared. But that preparation takes work, which is also why I cannot go to the park every day. I need a rest day. I need one of those vacation days where we go and sit by the pool or just see what's going on in the lobby or go to the community center or head to Fort Wilderness Lodge and just let the kids ride ponies. And then we go to Chippendale's campfire. I need those down days where we do feel like we're actually on vacation. And honestly, Disney properties, are so fun. If you're missing out on your property, I mean, you're missing part of Disney. Like the magic of Disney is not only in just riding those rides. It is not an amusement park. There's so much more than just making sure you ride every ride at Disney. You really want a balance of your day at all parks. There are some days where we go to Hollywood Studios and we never get on two rides, but we have a full day because we're doing all the entertainment things. We built droids there. There's bounty hunting. There's so much stuff at all of these parks and you just miss it if all you're doing is go, 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 go. So you might be wondering, after all of these reasons, why does my family keep choosing to come back to Walt Disney World? Like I said, we do travel to other places. I just don't talk about it on my Disney blog and Instagram because that's my place for Disney. But Walt Disney World is the one place where we keep going back to over and over and over again because it feels like home. It's our happy place. Even with all of these things to consider, it is some of the best memories that my family has. It is some of the best 
family bonding, because again, it's not just a trip, it's an adventure you're going on with your family where you get to dive into a place of imagination. There are so many different cool things at Walt Disney World. So of course, I wouldn't be a good businesswoman if I didn't plug my course, um, Joy in Disney Planning, which helps you find your balance in your Walt Disney World vacation. But even if you're not someone who takes the course and you're someone who just follows me on Instagram or reads my blogs or listens to the podcast or watches my YouTube channel, there is enough information out there to help you find that balance. So really listen when I'm saying you really do need rest days. You want to enjoy your resort because the park days are so expensive that I know even when I say don't try to max out, you're going to try to maximize it because you want to feel like you're actually getting what you paid for. And Disney does not disappoint. I I do not feel like it does. From the fireworks shows to the stage shows to the character meets and the rides, they don't disappoint. But if you miss out on the things that make Disney Disney and make it different from an amusement park, you may feel like you're not getting your money's worth because you can't spend all your time on rides and feel all the Disney magic. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Once again, if you're looking for more planning tips, head to our website, www.wellhellodisney.com. We are always there to help you. My husband is also a big person behind the scenes of Well Hello Disney. So I hope that you'll join us next week for our next podcast. And we are so glad you're here.